Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 215. Uh, my guest this week is a very exciting one. It's Joe Cole, not the footballer, the actor. I didn't bring that up during the whole interview, and I'm hoping that's the first interview he's ever done where people haven't. Obviously, if you're feeling that's insensitive, his, his social media is all the other Joe Cole. So, um, yeah, it's good fun. Um, but, yeah, Joe... Joe Cole, the amazing actor from Peaky Blinders, from my possibly my favourite episode of Black Mirror, um, from Green Room, and from the new film Prayer Before Dawn, which comes out on July 20th, and I really, really rated it. You'll hear us talk about that in the podcast, but but yeah, I already reckon it's a it's a hot tip for being in my in my films of the year. So I recommend you go and see that in the cinema. Um, because that's where film should be consumed. But before we get into that, I should mention um, that we're brought to you, as ever, by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. I'm not sure when I'm launching it. I don't think I'm recording this podcast um, the week before, this intro the week before the podcast comes out. I don't think my new merch will be out by then, but I've just done a little photo shoot for a new bit of merch, which is probably the most in poor taste merch I've ever done so I'll probably do quite a limited run um, but that's to come um, and speechdevelopmentrecords.com in general has got tons of good merch there um, just go and have a browse essentially it's free as is this podcast go and have a look around and see what you fancy also l- last week saw the launch of Off The Beat and Track a new podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network um, hosted by Stuart Whiffin the first guest was me which is nice it's music based. Stu asks a load of questions around spe- specific songs, and we, we we listen to a bit of song and talk about that song. A series w- one of off the beaten track is all based is all Essex based people, and we talk about the club scenes growing up, the live band scenes, all that kind of thing. So um, it's really good fun, and we were blown away that it's gone straight to, 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 to number one in the iTunes music podcast chart. So it's currently the number one music podcast um, in the UK. So that's amazing. It blows my mind that the support of the Distraction Pieces fan base is so strong because it's beating people like Joe Budden, who's got like a million followers on Twitter, um, George Ezra, whose podcast is meant to be amazing, um, but he's got like half a million or three quarters of a million followers. And um, then there's us little Distraction Pieces lot who seem to be this kind of independent underground swarm of listeners and supporters so yeah we really appreciate that basically this week so tomorrow as this comes out brett goldstein's podcast uh, launches movies to be buried films to be buried with i keep saying movies films to be buried with and it's fantastic his lineup he's got james a caster for the first episode he's got Catherine ryan coming up He's got Nish Kumar, he's got Ashlyn B, he's got myself. Honestly, he's got this endless list of really high-end guests. So it's fantastic. I recommend you check that out. Uh, The teaser trailer is up now, and he even made me laugh in the teaser trailer, which is rare. Normally, the teaser trailers go up, and they're essentially industry secret. They're a way of making that connection between where you're uploading and itunes and all the other places so when your proper first episode goes out it's up immediately it's on them all at the same time there's not like a day's difference but 
Brett made one that's actually amusing. So, so go and, and listen to that immediately. Yeah, I think that's everything I need to, to tell you. Obviously, my club night, uh, we talk a little bit about m- music in this episode. And my club night returns to the book club on July 28th. We've got Colin Murray, previous Distraction Pieces podcast guest, coming down to spin some tunes. And we're going to have a grand old time, essentially. So come down to that. I'll be there from about 8pm. We start charging at 9pm and we go to 2pm. So that's at the book club in Hoxton. Let's come to that. But yeah, on with the episode with Joe Cole. It's a beautiful one. It's the first time we'd met. We got on really well. I really, I like this Oh, this kid. I was a fan of his work anyway. Um, and it was great to meet him. He's, he's, he's a good dude. Um, but yeah, I'll be back at the end to give you some more information. Oh, I should mention now, if you've come to this for the first time, we've had some great previous guests, people like Paddy Considine, Stephen Gr- Graham was on last week and has been on previously before that. Simon Pegg was on two years ago, three years ago, and he's on next week as well. Uh, we've had Nick Frost, we've had Kathy Burke, we've had loads of just, we've, we've had Joe's co-star of um, of his Black Mirror episode, Hang the DJ, Georgina Campbell. Um, we've had his co-star of The Falling, Florence Pugh. We've had a lot of great actors, we've had, had Vicky McClure, we've had Lena Headey from Game of Thrones, we've had Neil Fitzmorris from Peep Show and everything else. Yeah. We've had loads of really good actors on, so go back through the episodes and have a bit of a hunt and enjoy them. But now, this is episode 215 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Joe Cole. his mic no that's absolutely f- yeah. fine g- well, g- g- well. get comfy mate yeah um i'm joined today by joe cole how are you sir i'm well mate how are you yeah good good it's kind of one of the hottest days of the year so far and we're in a little dark room at the back of a building yeah, so it's lovely i like what they've done with the place it's nice that, isn't it it did that heart balloon looks a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit sad <laughs> it? eerie isn't it i found over there there was i don't know what they've been filming in there but they had a cue card that just says Good morning. No, no. Hi, I'm Luke Roberts, and you're watching the highlights. And they've they've, 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 they've written that out for the poor lad. It's like, come on, give Luke. I don't know who Luke Roberts is, but give him some he respect. Can do it. He can do it. He can manage I back that. Him. I back him. But um, I mean, we'll talk about a lot of stuff as we go through. But the kind of the the heat and discomfort is a perfect s- setting to talk about a prayer before dawn. Yeah, which I absolutely adored. I watched it a week or so ago, and I loved it. So I, I guess if we start off. Do you want to kind of explain what the film is and yeah. and, and what it's about? It's uh, it's based on a guy from Liverpool called Billy Moore's book. Yeah. He wrote a book a few years ago called A Prayer Before Dawn. And it was about his experiences, um, well, his whole life growing up. He had a, he had a pretty tough upbringing in Liverpool. Yeah. He was an amateur boxer. He was um, doing a lot of drugs, heroin addict, um, in and out of young offenders um, and various prisons. Yeah. Um, and then he, he made a decision to move to Thailand and I guess start a new life and, and he and, and he got himself clean and he moved to Thailand. And then sort of relatively quickly he he, he was Muay Thai boxing out there. Yeah. And then he started um you know, started doing drugs, taking taking drugs, selling selling and stuff like that. Um 
on a on a very sort of low level. Yeah. Um, but it, but his it, it is, it is addictive personality and, and is, is you know once an addict always an addict I guess and yeah. if you're in that environment it's it's going to be a challenge um, even for the, the most strong willed. I mean it's an isolating environment as well. So if you've got addictions, then isolation is often one of those places that they'll they'll creep up up on you. You've not g- g- got the distractions or the yeah. support network or yeah. whatever. So anyway, he. Um, he wound up um, in a in a Thai prison um, on a on a three year sentence. They only actually sort of pinned stolen phones on him. You know yeah. what I mean? He, ma- he managed to get around that. But yeah, he ended up sort of up to a bit of nonsense and got this three year sentence. And our film is about his life in this prison. Yeah, um, and it's directed by um, a man called Jean Stefan Sever, French filmmaker who makes very authentic, real, almost yeah. documentary style yeah. films. Um and he likes to immerse himself in these worlds yeah. and and spend a lot of time in them finding the real people. His previous film was about child soldiers in Liberia and he wow. he spent two years in Liberia and he found, and he went to this community where all the rebels had up and left and there was just these these kids who who'd been soldiers who yeah. you know who who were just fighting for scraps on the streets and he got them all together he put them in a house and he lived above them and he yeah. gave them all weapons with blanks and and got them to recreate their sort of life and, amazing and with this one he he went to Thailand infiltrated um, a lot of the criminal uh, underworld, or at least um, ex ex criminals, yeah, um, guys who'd, who'd sort of come out the other side of prison. Yeah. Spent many many years in 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 prison for you know murder, armed robbery, you name it. All these these boys, yeah, these boys have done it, and and he sort of he got together loads of them, and he worked with them, and then I went out there, and as well as the. Thai boxing training I was doing yeah of course which was very intense yeah I, um, I also spent a lot of time um, getting to know these these guys and we did a lot of improvisation and I worked with them and interestingly enough they couldn't speak any English and I couldn't speak yeah. any Thai so I was actually learning Thai at the beginning to try and get an understanding you know to try and get some sort of rapport with them yeah. which would be interesting on camera but what we actually figured was the less Thai they spoke uh, the less Thai I spoke and the less English they, they spoke, yeah. the more fascinating the kind of interaction. Well, that was, I mean, those two things you've nailed there is the things that just blew me away about the film. Um, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a broken record on this podcast now. I've just, I've got this theory that the future of good artistic film is going to come from Europe and French directors and, and Spanish directors and Italian directors because, to be really brief on it, in English making films we had things like star wars happen mm. and it meant that the cinema became about spectacle yeah. and about superheroes things like that, which i adore but it means that a lot of independent british films aren't being made because the money isn't there it's really yeah. tough to turn a profit on it yet it seems to be a lot of french directors and things like that that are making these projects and and that was the case with this it just it blew me away his First is immersion, as you said. Um, there was a film I love called The Battle of Algiers, which is oh yeah, I've heard of it. It's, it's, yeah. it's mad because it was filmed a few years after the actual Battle of Algiers, and a lot of the people in it were in that conflict, sure. were part of that battle, were people who lived through that, and it felt exactly the same in this that he's got people who've done ten to twenty year stretches mm. for murder and for and mm. for drugs and stuff like that. But the thing that I found really striking. As, as a filmmaker on his part and on your performance and everyone's performance was the lack of 
of subtitles mm. and the fact that it's you're the only person who really speaks English in it. There's a little bit of broken English from elsewhere, but you're the main person who speaks English, which means you don't have tons of of conversations because there's yeah. not a lot of back and forth. But you follow along on all of it. All the stuff you told me, just the burn of the starting off and him getting busted for this and going in, all of that is without any dialogue. And yeah. it just allows the what the the viewer to just understand it. It's it's a weird one because it's about it's got a lot of, 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 of Muay Thai kickboxing in. To describe it as visceral makes it sound as if you're talking about the violence. But it's not even that. It's, it's visceral in that most of your understanding is coming from the body movements, the interactions, the confusion. So you as a viewer are in, in Billy Moore's yeah. shoes in this place, not understanding what people say, not understanding why people are angry, but trying to kind of, of look and figure it out. So how was that for you as an actor? Because... It must have added to your. Oh, oh, we were talking before we got rolling of both as kids going to to Brixton and feeling yeah. that we were, were fairly street smart. <laughs> but then you get to Brixton, it's a bit intimidating, and you have to kind of act well, your way about. And it feels like a similar thing there that you're going to be going in there as as the only actor on 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 the cast. I think there was only only a one other professional actor as such, and everyone mm. else was 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 cast off the streets as such. So. Did that help your performance to be kind of... Obviously, I'm not going to try and compare that position to Billy Moore's position of mm. being in the prison, but still, you're you're going in with a lack of language and understanding, with not a bunch of actors who are pretending to be g- gangsters, legit mm. gangsters. Uh, yeah. Did that help you in your prep and your kind of approach to it? Yeah, definitely. I think Jean creates a world that is very true to how, to how it is you know, mm. I, I knew I had to learn to be able to really fight because I, yeah. I had to be able to because I knew I was going to be with a lot of fighters a lot of ex-prisoner boxers one of them is the the coach in the in the prisons a champion uh, Thai boxer in, in 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 Thailand or an ex-champion even who's got a pardon from the king because he won the Olympics the yeah. same year that Mayweather got bronze medal in 96 you know wow. what I mean so he's, he's sort of this legend um, and all these like serious guys, and it was important for me to to be able to feel comfortable in that yeah. while the camera was rolling. Um, so yeah, it was massively helpful. It was it was it, I and, and Jean never cuts, so he just lets the camera roll. Yeah, so he gets proper me, in it as well. Yeah, gets Again, in it. it's beautiful that it's not always these stand at a distance. And see it play out. It feels he puts you in the middle of it as a as a a, a viewer. So it's really yeah. But you also like you know if you see what you what you will see is he said to his DOP who's used to working on big big budgets and and with big sort of camera yeah. um, teams, and he said no, no, no lights. You know, or, or the absolute bare minimum. We have to be able to move 360 degrees in these cells. Yeah. Anything can happen. We've got a rough, loose idea of where we need to go, but it's it's a lot of improvisation, a lot yeah. of just we'll see what happens. And you need to be free to be able to punch in and come out. And what what he did, which was amazing, I think he pulled it off, and I think it's beautiful. It's one of my favourite parts of the movie. Is is he come? He used to, he would come in on instinct when he wants to come in close on me, yeah. and instinctually he'd come back and like pick up like a, a wider sort of section and he was constantly fluid and then he'd come into a two shot and he'd come round and it's not just like a normal film set where you say oh cut okay now we're going to get the close up okay yeah. cut now we're going to get a wide yeah. half an hour break it's like no we're doing the whole thing in one go and we're trying to get as much of it in yeah. one go 
as we can. Not in a not in a some films they they kind of pride themselves on it, the whole thing is one go, and I sometimes yeah. think you actually get. Um, a little bit distracted as an audience member because you're waiting for a cut. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. this is done in in, in, a, in a way where there is a lot of that, but there's yeah. also that it, it chops if it needs to chop. You know, it, it, it really it fully immerses you. Um, Bresson used to talk about how film, again, film is an art form. It should be different from. It shouldn't just be filming a at a th- a theatre. It shouldn't yeah. just be here's a theatre piece. You should be in the middle of it. You should have some dialogue. And again, he has all of this dialogue going on off camera and kind of turning around to catch it and things yeah. like that. So it's not always perfectly framed because yeah. life isn't always perfectly fr- framed. Um, and also I really liked the the ever-present kind of breathing and, and all the different noises. There's never there's not really any musical soundtrack, but there's a lot of sound and a lot of soundscapes and a lot of breathing, a lot of noise and intimidation and hearing of chatter here and things like that. Yeah. And... And yeah, that just makes it feel so, it puts you, you as a viewer in there. And yeah. I'd imagine it helped from the point of view of an actor as well, because you've not, you're not, as you said, you're not being able to be, oh, this is my mid now and this is my close up. It's like, no, forget about the cameraman. He's doing his thing. You're just, you're it. in, you're in this, you're in this situation. Mm. Live it and trust him to catch at the right points, you know, yeah. to be there for the beats. Yeah. I loved it. Um, it was a it was a fantastic challenge, and and John is not scared to just be yeah he he doesn't feel emotion in the same way in the sense that he he's quite happy just to like you know let you go and fight and he doesn't and he, he you know and I, and I and I loved that because yeah. it meant that we were constantly trying to sort of up each other and 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 just say look this is how far I'm prepared to go let's do this and yeah. and, and and it was and it was really exciting and fun. Um, for that reason how was the fighting side of it I mean you must have had to do a lot of training just to get in physically in shape yeah. to be in in that that situation but also the fights because of the style of Muay Thai the fights are something that if you're going to capture it well it it felt to me as if you need to be going a bit you yeah. need to be taking a bit and the, there's only so much that you can fake and stuntman obviously you choreograph it all but it felt like there's a lot of particularly with the because it's a lot of knees and body shots and stuff like that it feels like they need to, to lay a bit of that in so, so how was that yeah I had to I had to learn how to do it yeah um, and did you have any previous kind of experience I mean I've done that? a bit of boxing and I've done yeah. you know, judo and, and, and some jiu jitsu and stuff yeah. but I've not done Thai boxing yeah. you know, and that's it's just quite different to boxing yeah. because you have to Completely. have a very still head you can't move your head because if you move your head down it's going to get kneed yeah. or it's going to get whacked by by a foot yeah or well, the inclusion um, of the clinch and, and the clinch. knees and elbows are the two bits that make it so different from boxing yeah, or from mixed martial arts because you've not got the takedown element but yeah. yeah you've got those it refines the threats, I guess. Yeah, but it was more, I think it was, you know, John said from the beginning, he said every fight has to tell a story. He said yeah. he doesn't care about, you know, Billy wasn't a, a champion fighter. Billy was just a fighter in a prison. Mm. Um, you know, he, he, he knew how to handle himself, but essentially he was a brawler. Yeah. Um, which which is great in a way, because it means it's more about the essence and it's more about the feel of the fight. And it's more about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you and you watch those fights and I think we pulled it off. It's like, it's more about the kind of emotional energy behind the fight yeah. necessarily than, oh, look at that great combo he did. It's, yeah. it, it's like, 
the first fight is an absolute shambles then it gets a bit better and it gets slightly more artistic as it goes on but it's it go you go from brute to sort of a, a more skilled fighter as the yeah. process goes on and that was that was important for him he was like we need to tell a story um yeah and we, and, you know, we, choreogra- we choreographed the um the fights a bit the sparring's largely just real sparring yeah um with kind of maybe maybe a choreograph ending if we have to if someone has to win yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're they're pretty much just we're just sparring um, and the fights are, are kind of choreographed, but you know, because the nature of sort of a small budget and, and minimal time, you know, we got like a day or something like that to choreograph the fights, which means you are going to be taking hits because not everything's going to go to plan. Yeah. And also the way John shoots, he shot the fights in, 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 in long takes. He, yeah. he might have chopped them up a bit, but you know, particularly even the middle fight, particularly that was like, we shot that all in one go and we didn't, and, right. and then we shot it a few times in one go and and because we're doing that we can't do movie style punches where you you punch and there's a gap a, yeah. a six inch gap between your fist and the other person's face and they react and they fling their head back you every punch and every kick pretty much has to has to connect yeah so you know you're, you're using sort of open hand in your glove but you are you're taking a, yeah. you're taking a, yeah, a whack yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and and sometimes those don't go to plan. It's about kind of dealing with them. But what it means as an actor is you feel like you're in a fight because you effectively are in a real fight. It's just, yeah. it, you know, you, you, you get stung a few times and you're thinking, well, there's no way I can stop now because you're letting down a ma- you know, you're letting down everybody and, yeah. all, and all that's going to happen is you're going to have to do it again. Yeah. So yeah. I remember getting buzzed like in the middle of a big choreographed piece and getting buzzed by it the other fighter and I'm sure I did it to him a little bit and thinking well if I, I I'm buzzed now but if I stop then we're just going to have to do this all again yeah. if I get through this this is going to look great on camera and I kind of yeah. had that had that mentality it's such an amazing project for an actor I'd imagine because there's so much prep and work to go into it but once you get there a lot of the scenes there's no time for acting as stupid yeah. as that sounds because no, it's no like no it's no legit you can't acting. go in there and pretend this it's like no you need to go in there and do just it and live it on camera. And, yeah, and, and and what I what I learned from John is like, I knew he just I very quickly knew that he just he just would never he would never say cut. He, yeah, he had film he had not film he had a, a a camera which you could shoot for I think it was like fourteen minutes or something yeah. like that, uh, or twelve to fourteen minutes, and he would shoot for that entirety most of the time, you know, unless it was completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, so after a minute or two. I just knew that I never had to force anything. Sometimes, you know, as an actor, you, you, you get your, you get your moment, and you think, "Well, I've got to, I've got to do something now," because then this will get in the edit. You know, if you if you're shooting a sequence, say yeah. on Peaky Blinders, and there's eight of us in a room, yeah, you've got to do something because then it'll get in the edit. You know, yeah, the cutaway. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, it was like, I don't, you, you don't have to, you don't have to force anything. You it's don't have to do there. anything. You just, you just be and you live and you react, and that's when the best best stuff comes out. So it's a real. People band around the world gift, but it did feel yeah. like it was something I was subconsciously looking for for yeah. a long time, and I was lucky enough to to do. It feels like it. How, how was it to get to or to get comfortable with telling the stories of a love interest, kind of gang tension, intimidation, rivals, rise and fall repeatedly, without the safety net or guidance of of dialogue a lot of the time because again all of that comes across it's mad that all of that comes across you get all these stories in there mm. and it's such a it was a motivational f- film to see because you realise how sp- spoon fed 
Oh, we are at yeah. times. And particularly, I won't spoil anything, but the closing scene is the big re- re- reconciliation of it all, yet you're left to assume who that person is and who this person is and so on and so forth. There's no kind of, by the way, yeah. this is that, this is, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's all there, but you get it all. You go, oh, yeah. it's awesome. That's got to be, and this, yeah. you know, all those things, it's, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we've all been abroad. We've all, tra- we've all traveled a little, a yeah. little bit, you know, or at least, you know, a, a lot of people in this world have. And I, I've, I've been away and, and been, used to speak to people you know, who couldn't speak my own language. Yeah. And what I realised, kind of what I've realised quite quickly, if you want to order a drink, if you want to chat someone up, if you want to, you know, befriend someone or, or, or in a country where they don't speak your language, yeah. it can be done. Yeah. It can be done. Like, as long as they're open to it, you can actually have the same kind, you can, you can use sort of like gestures and, and you you have to might smile more and yeah. kind of use your face more and react more and, and things, but you can definitely give an essence of who you are. Yeah. And if you're open to that, then it's fine. And 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 it was the same with this. These boys off camera didn't really speak a great deal of English, but I did become friends with them. Yeah, I yeah. did. We did have a mutual kind of respect for each other because yeah. we're all in there trying to create the same same thing. We're trying to create. We're trying to show their world, their previous world anyway, a, p- a portion of their lives that they now come out of. We're trying to show it in the most authentic way possible. Yeah. I think they really got on board with that and like that because Jean is, uh, is that kind of filmmaker. Um, and, you know, but, but, I, but I could communicate them with them. You know, on a, obviously you're not going to be talking to them about Brexit and the rest yeah. of it, but you can have a, yeah. you can, you can have an interaction, you can have a laugh and we used yeah. to have a laugh. You know, and ultimately, you know that's that's what it's about, and that's what we try. That's what we've done with this. It's like yeah. you could, you can, if you need, if you need drugs, there's way you can, you can put your arm yeah. on your, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. put your hand on your arm and and, and show them that you need heroin, and yeah. how do you get it? And and you have money, and you, you know you do these signs, and it's and it's possible it can work. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're spoon fed, as, as you say, yeah. uh, to a certain degree as a Western audience, and I also think people think audiences are, 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 are sort of stupid and have to simplify everything a lot of the time and I quite like the idea that what happens with this and particularly people who've seen it already in the pre-screens and in the cinema a lot of people what they've said to me is they ha- you because there's no dialogue you start to have to really tune in yeah. with your, your visually yeah. and, you, it, and locks you, you in it locks you in more in the sense that you don't have to you, you can be lazy a bit with the dialogue and also if there's yeah. dialogue you know if you're watching something at home and there's, there's loads and loads of dialogue you can go on your phone and That's your exactly subconscious is going in or yeah. this there's no point in watching this if you're going to go on your phone because you're going to miss everything because everything yeah, is done with how it looks physicality body language and the rest of it it's legit why I think some of my, my favourite TV of recent years has been things like The Bridge and Spirals because yeah. they're subtitled so they're the ones that have got my full attention yeah. so they're probably not better than some of the other stuff yeah. it's just I've had my full attention I've been distracted on other things yeah. um, so I mean do you feel it was key, the immersion in, in, in where you were? I mean, number one, obviously, Rita, the producer, I, I, I think they've done an amazing job of getting you able to film out there because it's quite a restricted and mm. there's a lot of, they have to make sure you're not doing anything that disrespects the king and stuff yeah. like that. It's quite a controlled place. But I think what must have been interesting to work in, like having worked on bigger productions... To have such, I mean, you only had a small crew of European yeah. crew kind of thing, didn't you? And the rest was all 
all local, yeah. all all, 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 all yeah. Thai, all, all kind of, yeah, engaging that. So do you think that helped immerse, because you as said, you're immersing on and off set. It's not yeah. just when you're on camera, you're immersing. It's like, it's literally the whole time you're out there. How long was the shoot? Was it? Shoot was about six weeks, I believe, yeah. for them. Yeah. I was out there kind of on and off for like three months. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it all helped. You know, we were shooting six day weeks. Yeah. I only had one day off, and I used to go to the gym then and and and, and prepare for the next yeah. few days. Yeah, it's you're you're in the country. You're constantly everyone speaking Thai around you, and and it helped. It was actually really helpful because if they weren't speaking Thai, they were speaking French because yeah. the key crew were French. Right. Apart from yeah, my makeup yeah, artist, yeah. Who, who's I, I work with on Peaky Blinders, and yeah. she got her on this. But everybody else, the the key crew of which there was like five of them, they were French. Everybody else was Thai, so I never heard an English voice. Yeah, unless I was speaking to my makeup artist occasionally, you know, and it was. And what that meant was I just could, I could just really, really just be in the environment when yeah. there's all these conversations about how we're going to shoot this and where we're going to get the actors and yeah. what we're going to do and all this stuff's going on. You're I'll be sitting in a cell like, I just can't hear or understand anything. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad I didn't concentrate in French at school. Yeah. yeah I'm thinking that. <laughs> did you struggle in any small ways when you came back? Because I did a film at the end of last year in France and again, all cast and crew French, all speak English when you need them to but again it was that nice thing of all the conversations that would distract you at other times like when they would discover we're going to change it you're not understanding any of it but I found that when I came back I was literally I was in burger place or something I hand it out I was like messy I've got all my polite because on set again you do you don't want to be the rude Brit that yeah. only because again we are we're the only n- nation that doesn't speak any other languages at all yeah. so you kind of you you pick up your little polite bits yeah I could yeah I could say and then as the soon basics. as I got home I was like I'm, I feel like a prick I keep saying, <laughs> saying little Cop- French words I was like to... yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd be sort of bowing and with my my pray, praying hands yeah um, yeah there's an element of that I guess um, with it being something so immersive and as we said kind of no time to actually act yeah. how was it having the pressure of portraying a true story portraying a guy that's lived through this is still alive well Be- I think B- Billy Moore you got to go and sit with him I assume and, I became and, good friends with Billy yeah and I think uh, the work is done with a film like this yeah um, a film that requires so much work yeah the work is done before yeah um, we had time yeah I yeah, was yeah. shooting Peaky Blinders before and, and in Liverpool and I spent a lot of time with oh, Billy of course it was that way, I, yeah. I got to know Billy really really well yeah. he was really keen to be involved and and, and we actually He's a, he's a really fun, f- lovable, funny, interesting guy with a yeah. real life experience. Yeah. So he's a joy to be around. Yeah. He really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd always get him out and we'd go for dinners and, and he'd come for dinner with the cast and we'd hang out and I'd go and see his family and his mum and his, his brothers, his stepdad and, and, and I met them and... And then, like, and then Billy's banned from Thailand. He, he, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a chance. Or he tried to, he tried to come out when we were shooting, but um, oh, really? but he was, you know, he, <laughs> he, they didn't let him at Heathrow. Brilliant. Hang on, Billy. What's uh, what's this um, strange big black dot we've got next yeah. to your name? But uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't. Have you been to Thailand before, Billy? Oh, mate, I don't know. <laughs> I love Maybe. It. Um, <laughs> so when I was out there, so so I spent a lot of time with him. I got to know him really, really well. I, 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 I felt like I learned about his head. I yeah. learned about his 
mentality I've learned a lot about is addiction I've got some friends who, who, who are addicts you know and, and you know clean now but you know once an addict always an addict it's a constant yeah. battle um, and, I, and I spend a lot of time with them and, and just kind of being around being around them and, and, and getting a sense of that energy and, 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 and stuff like that for me it was very very important to try and portray that in the, in the correct way because of because of my friends yeah. um, and, and, and obviously it's a difficult thing to do I guess if, you, if you're not if you don't have that temperament yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and you know insecurity and the constant the black dog that's not never too far away and, and the rest of it so, so for me it was it was that it was getting to know him on, a, on that kind of level and just by spending time with him, I uncovered so much color and so much, so many little unique things that are in the film that, yeah. that, that you wouldn't do if you just said, no, I'm not interested in meeting the guy I'm playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was out there, I'd, I'd check in with him sometimes on Skype. He was always there. I'd email him and say, look, Bill, you're about for a little Skype chat because yeah. I want to talk to you about the specifics of this particular drug um yeah. the the how you know how it is after three weeks of being off it how it is after a day of being off it how it is when you've just taken you know these these uh, very specific and stuff that's amazing because that's stuff that's often just hugely misportrayed in film mm. because we have like pretty much every film's since train spotting has gone well that's heroin then yeah that's that it's like well, Maybe yeah. it should be looked into, and the variations yeah. and the difference of addiction, the levels of addiction. There is huge variation in yeah. in the ups and downs and the coming off, and yeah. and it was like, like that. so it becomes yeah. a cliche. So it's good to have that kind of direct contact. Yeah, and the, and, and the fun, you know, I remember like being on set, and and they had the they had they were teaching me about yabba, which yeah. is um, which is a big drug out there yeah. in, in Thailand, and it's and it's. Um, it's like meth, you know. It's kind of a a hype sort of drug. Right. It's almost like you're on ecstasy and ecstasy and sort of speed. Yeah. And you're kind of like you're rushing. You're kind of drunk, and you but you but you're high. You're up, you know, yeah. like, like, like pills. And um, I remember like just they 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 had the art team, the art deco team in Thailand showing me how to use it, and <laughs> something like three of them had been in prison, and what and and. Two of the guys had done Yabba. One one was addicted to Yabba for like nine years, and like he, he was like, oh, he was like, so he was like, they were like show, telling me like, you know, there was a the first AD was kind of um, spoke both languages. Yeah. So he was kind of saying he was like, yeah, like he was in prison for for ten years. He was addicted to Yabba for like most most of that time. So like he's showing me how to make this Yabba thing. Yeah, how to make a Yabba pipe. How to um, how to exactly how to smoke it and how to make a pipe in a clever, quick way, um, and these things. And I'm like, this is the art guy. What? Like this is and, you know he's not yeah. wa- he's not watched a YouTube tutorial. He's yeah. done it for for. So I'm, you're learning all these little tricks. And again, the darkness of that. Like that's that's not in the twelve steps. Like go on a film set and show people how to shoot <laughs> how to do it when you're when you've got off of something. So again, yeah. that's a. That's a big thing on his part to kind of go. This is a, I'm not going to do it, but, yeah. but this is how I used to do it. I yeah. don't you know. So you know, I got. To, I spoke to Billy about, you know, I speak to Billy about Yabo and his his experience on it. I speak to those guys, you know. Yeah. Then, like, obviously, a lot of the dudes in in the film, like in front yeah. of the camera, have have done it. And and you know, I, I smoke up with one guy, and like, you know, he was doing Yabo and selling Yabo in prison for yeah. for. for for 10 years do you know what I mean so, so it's just easy it was, uh, it's one of my favourite scenes it's only a small scene but it's when we're just we're just smoking up and, yeah. and, and like smoking yabba and smoking cigarettes like hiding in the prison cell yeah. at yeah. night and like watching for guards 
And I remember that we, we just got that because we finished like 20 minutes early for the, for, the, for the night. We were shooting like a big raid scene and we finished 20 minutes early. And Jean said like, let's go back in the cell, get everyone in there. Everyone's asleep except you two. And we're just going to have you smoking up Yabba together. And, right. and, and he just, he like made this incredible like origami style like pipe out of a cigarette packet and, yeah, and yeah. all this stuff like, it was like art watching him yeah. do it. And I was like, you could never teach an actor to do that. Yeah. It would take him about a year to learn. Even yeah, then it wouldn't completely. be good. And he's just, he's just making this thing up. Yeah. I'm smoking a cigarette and then he, I give him the cigarette and he gives me the, um, the yabba pipe and I, and I, and I take my hit and, and then we're just watching the guards and then, and then we split. But I was, I remember coming home from that particular, you know, those, those kind of things were happening every day. And I was coming home like, this is, this is special. Mate, it, Even if it doesn't it, really translate on camera, special. this is a special it experience. special because just what set have you ever been on where you're finished 20 minutes early and they don't kind of celebrate and go, Ray, we're finished 20 minutes early. They go, let's go and get some more. Let's go and, yeah. and, and get, and get something extra. That's, that's beautiful that that was the kind of the outlook and attitude. Yeah. There's like, we've got a little bit more time. Let's, yeah. let's, let's improvise something and squeeze it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Peaky Blinders as well. That's kind of, that's where you came hugely into the public eye. But just before we get there was, you you grew up in Kingston. You said earlier, right? Yeah. Um, was acting always on your on your list? Obviously, you you, you got a big family. You have your brother yeah. Finn's in in Peaky Blinders as yeah. well. So was acting always kind of your your goal as a youngster? Because no. Kingston is that kind of it's that outskirts. It's got some quite nice bits. It's got some quite rough bits. I always remember it as, as when I was doing music, but always going and play banquet records and doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I that was that lived was the down spot. The road from there. Yeah, yeah. That was always the spot on to, any promotions. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, I, I remember, mate. I remember you. I yeah, remember yeah, you. Yeah. I remember you. Do you, do you like play um, the works or anything like that? Yeah, or, yeah, 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 did yeah. The works a couple and of like, times. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely remember. Um, yeah, I remember. It's, you it's a cool that. little spot because it is this kind of outclave of London, but it's got its own little scenes. It's got its own little weirdly motivational things. Things like as stupid as it sounds, a record store is motivational because yeah. it's encouraging a scene. It's building a scene rather than just all. Yeah, uh, lose yourselves in the commute into London and so yeah. on and so forth. So, what was the the motivation into acting? And well, um, I um, it was something I, I suppose I gravitated to uh, in secondary school. Yeah. Um, we had a great, uh, fantastic drama teacher in my, in my school, Miss O'Shea, and it was something cool to do. Yeah, know, like my my year, my, my one of my brothers this year below me, our years kind of were really loved theatre and loved um, loved music and making yeah. music and it was kind of it was an opportunity to meet girls and it was all, all of that sort of stuff but but this particular teacher made it feel fun and we used to do fun yeah. good quality productions that were way above what they should have been considering the budget constraints yeah. that our particular school had you know surrounding the surrounded schools had, had money and we didn't so yeah. I think we were always punching above, above our weight so I suppose there was is when I, I subconsciously sort of started think getting into it, but I don't know. I didn't know any actors. I'd never. I'm not around that world. You yeah. know, my mum's a primary school teacher. My dad t- is, teaches sailing, yeah. and uh, and 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 they're not from that world. And I never. It, you know, it's not that. It's not that I didn't want to do it. It's more that I just thought, well, no, no, it's not. It's not I don't know any actors. That's not a. It's not an option. It's not an option. Yeah. Not an option. Like, it didn't it never cross my mind that it was an option. Honestly, for. Yeah. For, for a long, long time. And then 
I had a bit of a bad time. I was I went to a, a local college, East College, and I and I and I and I messed around, and I was getting into nonsense and yeah. stuff like that. And I and I had to. Um, and then I, I realised I wasn't going to get the grades to go to to go to university. I wasn't going to get the yeah. grades I needed to. Kind of, I wanted to go to an all right, half decent uni. Yeah. I was always pretty intelligent, you know, yeah. top stream at school, and then got to got to um, Isha. Realised I was very very average and middle of the pack in in terms of that stuff, which meant I just switched off. Yeah. So I ended up retaking, going back to my old sixth form, and I was in my brother's year. All my friends were at university around the country. I was selling. I used to sell carpets. I was working at John Lewis selling carpets, and I was then I was selling coffee in the evening and, and yeah. drinks and stuff at the Rose Theatre. And um, and I had a bit of a, a bit of a bad breakup. Cheated on. and all this, this stuff happening, and and I felt very sorry for myself. And yeah. I gave my parents a real difficult time because I just I felt lost as you do at that age. It's easy to lose yourself in the moments if if you've got an excuse to act up again, uh, not to go into my own. I had a similar thing and I remember having a point of going I've got an excuse to be acting up now but w- what use is that 10 yeah. years down the line when I'm working in a factory can I go oh well my parents s- split up so that's yeah. why that is like that's still screwing up the rest of my life yeah. you know I think it's I having that excuse means something at the time but it's like what's that yeah. going to mean in 10 years when you've yeah. got a shit life because you've got this I got cheated on yeah, but you know I mean, I, yeah. at the time it means the world, but you can have that focus. And- well, it was, you know, it's like sink or swim. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to, yeah. you're going to kind of, and I remember, you know, and I got arrested and I was like, you know, that's the thing, you know, it was a town like that, Kingston, it's like, you yeah. know, small town, a little bit mentality compared to London, yeah, people coming from. And, uh, and all this stuff was happening and my, my, I think I was giving my parents a, a bit of a difficult time with it all. And then I remember just thinking like, what yeah? What am I gonna? What am I gonna do with myself? Because this this can't go on. And, yeah. and I remember I think I was on the shop floor, like the, you know, selling these carpets. And I remember thinking, right, I've got to do something. I'm not, am I going to be this guy? Am I going to be this 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 guy that has all this crap happens to him? And doesn't really leave Kingston or do anything. Yeah. And, I, and I and I had a lot of fire in my belly, and I felt very um, hard done by, and I, I just felt very, um, I felt like I had emotion, which is the first thing you need as an actress, yeah. you need someone who's, who's, who is emotional, and I was angry, and I was also, I, you know, I had this kind of, this this energy, and then, so then I started, then I started doing the acting, and, and the first thing that happened was, there was a kid in my class, one of my good friends actually, um, who, who was a really great actor, still is, and he, um, he did. He'd done the National Youth Theatre right, that well, summer, yeah, yeah. and I was like, I'm in a class of twenty at Hollyfield School, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to at least be doing everything that my these classmates are doing for yeah. a start, and yeah, then, yeah, I, then yeah. I'll figure out <laughs> right. what all the uh, my contemporaries, the people yeah, you know, on TV and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, at the bare minimum, I have to be doing at least what these guys are doing. So yeah. I immediate, so I applied for that straight away. Got on, got on that course. And met a met a very inspiring director, Ricky Beadle Blair, um, and it was at times so I, I, I was getting my A levels. It was the second time I'd done it, and I messed them up again and didn't get the yeah, grades. Yeah. And I was, you know, it was it was a bad it was it was a bad time, and it was while I was doing this National Youth Theatre course. And I remember speaking to Ricky and, and saying, you know, what should I do? Do I should I go to uni? Should I should I do this? And and, and he gave some real concrete case studies of like it's achievable. It's yeah. it's it's achievable. You know, he 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 actually worked with Noel Clark um, yeah. and and 
back in the day and did a lot of work with him and he had a couple of other people that he just said look well, Noel just went out and wrote Kittlehood yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. and uh, and, and it's and, mad how much that's all you can need and I was like oh, okay just tell oh, yeah. you it's an option I was yeah. like oh yeah that's true yeah I was like okay well and 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 he, he he taught me a lot about the, the mentality of the whole thing and, and yeah. just like you know one thing he said was it's never crowded on the extra mile what yeah. that essentially meant was you know if you work hard if you're on it you'll yeah. get it and, he, yeah, and, he's, yeah. and another thing he said was you've got to use your contacts he yeah. was the only person I knew so I used to email him every single week because the only one in the class who did it but I used to email him every every couple of weeks and say yeah. look Ricky I know you're in London anything going on can I help out or, you know what can I do and and he knew I could act, but I knew I'd have to, I'd have to you know, show him that I was passionate. So yeah. I remember, I actually forgot about this. I remembered it the other day when someone reminded me, but I did casting for Ricky, so I was like, I wasn't suitable, I was too young for his plays or whatever, but yeah. I, I was going and casting, and I was, help, I was reading with yeah, the other yeah, actors. Yeah. And he was like, do you want to come and help cast this? You know, There's no money, I'll give you £5 for a train ticket. Yeah. So I'd go and um, I'd go and cast, and then, and then from there, and eventually he put me in a show, and then I'd just... Invited loads of agents, did the same thing, sold the show like it was yeah. Cumberbatch in Hamlet or something. Yeah, it really yeah, wasn't, yeah, yeah. but it, but it, but someone came and signed me, and it was, it was, it was like that. And then I wrote, then I wrote a television show. That's yeah, how, yeah, that's mad, it's, and it's great experience, right? Doing things like casting because you're just you. If if if, if you've not been one of those kids who've grown up in acting school and things like that, yeah. it's getting the hours in. It's yeah. getting there, it's playing with roles, it's doing stuff yeah, and going yeah. back and forth, even if it's not something that you dream of or want. It's like yeah. it's it's getting those hours in and getting the yeah. the practice. So so how was it to go through kind of with the National Youth Theatre and then again the the died in the wall classic route of the Bill and Casualty and stuff like that? Which yeah. honestly every actor I speak to I've had yeah. Fassbender to all sorts of others, just all start on them things. How was it? There's obviously there's a load before, but we've only got an hour. Yeah. So let's ch- jump into a bit. How was it when Peaky Blinders happened? Because yeah. as, as a piece of writing, it's stunning. Stephen, and that night's amazing. I got to work with him on, on Taboo yeah, yeah, last yeah. year, and it was just just getting those scripts every day. Even though I had a small role, I was like gagging to read him because mm. he's just such an amazing writer. Yeah. And then the cast of, obviously, people like, Kelly and Murphy and Paul Anderson is is a, a bit of a mate and a, a legend, but they, yeah, they've got a real skill of bringing in the right extra person. So when they added Tomadi, when they added Paddy Considine, yeah. um, uh, when they added um, Adrian Brody and things like that, it just never feels forced. Always the perfect, the perfect person to add in and, and sling in there. So how was that to start off and not knowing if it was going to be anything, and then it blows up to this. Because it was kind of a slow build. It was. Mm. It really got it up. It's wind underneath it when it went on to Netflix. I think mm. again, I was loving it on the BBC, but it felt like it got to Netflix and suddenly the world was like, "Have you mm. seen this show?" Yeah, it was. It's a funny one. I remember I, I, I'd forgotten I'd auditioned, or I'd, I remember I was actually having a few rounds of auditions for another project after yeah. I'd been in for that. I'd been in for like a few months previous. And then I got a phone call from my agent. And he was like, "Yeah, you got the Peaky Blind, Peaky Blinders role." And I was like, which one, I was like, which one was that? Which is terrible, right? No, that's but because it's before I, it was, it's a, was thing. a while ago. Yeah. It was a while before. Yeah. And I'd, I'd been meeting on a bunch of other stuff. And he was like, yeah, the gangster P. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. And I said, who's playing the main brother? Because obviously. Yeah. 
and he said it's Killian Murphy. I was like, Killian, I was like, who's Killian? Who's Killian Murphy? I couldn't. I, I remember the name. I was like, yeah. who's that? I was like, oh, he's 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 all right, isn't he? And then I googled him. I was like, oh my god, Killian yeah. Murphy. Yeah, we're in here. Who's playing the other brother? Paul Anderson. I was a big fan of Paul's as yeah. well. I was like, wicked man. Yeah, I was, I was I was really buzzing and. um and yeah, we. I suppose you never know it's going to take off like this. Like yeah. it's crazy now. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. It's like everybody. I walk down the street and everybody around my age. Yeah, I'd say ninety five percent of them clock 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 me from that yeah. show or yeah. from Black Mirror, but usually yeah. from that show. Um, but we knew it was good as well, as well. We knew it was, you know, the yeah. production value was very, very high. The caliber of actors was very, the very high. The looks amazing, and as I said, the caliber of acting, all of it. Yeah. From top to, to to bottom, the look has become iconic. It's yeah. a genuinely, it's brought that as a style and fashion, heavily influenced that coming kind of back into style as a look. Yeah. As the Peaky Blinders haircut or, or whatever else. Got yeah, I've got a bit. I've, got a bit. <laughs> I've had it a while, I swear, but I probably did yeah. make it off it. Um, but yeah, so how was it when it, obviously you jump in and you know it's good. That doesn't always translate as successful. Mm. As I'm sure you'll know as well, as well, that's not an instant. You you can make something that's amazing, and no one ever sees the thing, or it yeah. never gets. Well, it's to it. taken a few seasons for it yeah. to really pop off. Like, I remember telling people, even doing, I've been shooting the show Peaky Blinders, and you, yeah. I, was, I was like three seasons. In. It's only really like this last probably season that yeah. people have re- like it's really yeah. like everyone seems to have seen it now. Yeah, um, since since this kind of fourth season's gone off, but but you know we. We knew it was of a certain quality, yeah. and we knew like even if even if not that many people see it, it's still going to come out and be of a certain quality because yeah. of what we were shooting. It's you know, and, and knowing it's there and it's it's t- timeless in that way. That when people come round to it, the quality's yeah. there. You're going to find. I remember in season three there was an episode that starts with a Bowie song, I think, and it's just I was a fan of the first two seasons and season three was the one I was like it's just gone up to a next level it's just got better and better and better and then yeah as yeah. season four similarly adding Adrian Brody and people like that it was mm. just it's madness yeah. it's, it's great and I think you know it's credit to, to to the producers and to Stephen Knight and and I suppose everyone involved that they do have they're not blinkered they're big, they're big ambitions they think big they're yeah. like well this is they're you know, this is an American show. This is this yeah. is like, this is big. They, they've got that American sort of yeah. sensibility. It's like I I know like the next scripts they'll they'll have some they'll probably have some big villains in it. You know, yeah. I imagine, and they won't. They'll be going for the they'll be going for the big big names who yeah. really are exciting people who maybe haven't been on TV for for a long time yeah. because they can't. And they because, seem to pick them perfectly. Yeah, and they'll write. Stephen will always write brilliant parts that yeah. people want to do. Yeah. Um, so it's um, no, it's a lot of fun. I've been on it at Shaheen Bay, the casting director, for a while now, saying now, now, uh, and now Tommy's dead. Oh, Alfie Solomon's dead. Alfie Solomon's a vengeful nephew, out for revenge. Look at I've got the beard. I've got I'm quite pale. I, I sound London anyway. So I've got to go to the top. It's written. Steve right. I need to have a word with Stephen. Steve to want to write it. <laughs> and me and, and Florence Pugh. Who, you, you worked with on the fall, oh, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? I've been yeah. saying for ages, niece and nephew, Alfie Solomons, we're there. We're, we're set <laughs> up. We'll come in and yeah. make it work. Yeah. Um, you touched upon a, bl- a Black Mirror there. Mm. Your Black Mirror episode was, was my f- favourite of, 
of that season. Georgina Campbell has been on the podcast, is a bit uh, of a, yeah. a mate as well. How was that to jump in on? Because it's, it's a mad one where it's an established series, but they're all individual stories. So you've not got that pressure of joining an established cast. You've kind of, you've got your own thing, but it still yeah. is that pressure of, well, these are great. Is our individual one still going to be great? How yeah. was that to, to become part? Well, it was, I remember I was away at the time and they, they sent me the script and I think they'd been, I think they cast Georgina. Yeah. I think they'd been trying to cast the other part for, for a little bit yeah. and, 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 you know, just, they were looking for that chemistry. Yeah. And, and I remember reading it and I see, I love Black Mirror. It's fantastic. Yeah. But I remember reading it and obviously Charlie is, is, you know, he, he's got an incredible brain and incredible yeah. mind and, and his writing is so, each episode is so different, yeah, so yeah, clever. Yeah. He's so ahead of the curve than I think a lot of people, but also he writes great dialogue. Yeah. And I remember reading it and it was, it was the, one of the few things I'd read of that ilk, you know, that kind of romance, fun, silly drama yeah. that was very easy to, easy to read and easy to learn. I was like, and I chose because that makes it easier to, t- uh, yeah, it was just like, it well, well. It was just like, it means I can go in and it's, 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 I'll be able to deliver something that's yeah. kind of easy and fun because of the way it's written. And, and I chose to do it in, in sort of that soft man, Mancunian accent. Yeah. Because, I wanted to, the character felt kind of soft, softer and sweeter than myself. Yeah. And I think they said, you know, you can do it in your own accent, do it, you know, and I, and I was like, they won't cast me if I do it in my own accent. You know, yeah. I just, I thought they won't, right. you know, I'm yeah, not, I'm yeah, not yeah. enough like this guy. And, and, and that was my way into that character. And it just sort of seemed to really work. It kind of just offered a, a lightness to, to the character that worked well with, um, that worked well with Georgina. And, um, Tim Van Patten, the director, who's actually done, you know, Boardwalk and Sopranos oh, and wow. all that sort yeah. of stuff. He's like, all those shows you've seen, yeah. that's him yeah, behind yeah, those yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. So he, he loves he loves the violence and stuff like that. But he um we had a lot of fun with him and it was very you know, it was very different for him as well. And um it was great, man. It was it was great. And obviously working with Georgina was that that was like the crux of it. It was like yeah. if that if that if we people buy that, yeah. And I the first time I went in, I was reading with her. So yeah. it's like you know she's a she's a serious actress. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like after, as long as I can get the words out, I should be all right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It should all. Yeah. It should, nice it should work. Mm. But it worked beautifully because Black Mirror. It, it's it's Black Mirror at times. Even my my favorite episodes. It feels like it could be summed up in a sentence. It's like here's here's what goes on. It's this weird yeah. thing. And the beauty of that is it focuses on this love story. And then almost the twist is there is this weird sci-fi type element of it that makes you go, oh wow, that's that's mad that that's yeah. that's what we've been watching. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing to have that the cleverness of Charlie's writing as usual. It's it's why the San um, San Jun- Junipero. yeah Jun- one I think I went down so well because similarly it was this high concept, but it focused on just a sweet relationship and, yeah. and focused on getting that that chemistry and all that rather than here's our high concept yeah take it all in so yeah, yeah. The characters came first I think yeah um, I mean we're towards the end obviously I mean I've not even touched on skins or, or, or the hour I really liked but I do want to make sure we get to talking about the green room because uh, yeah. I thought that was a fantastic film yeah and obviously um, an emotional one I'm sure I've had Simon Pegg and Sophia Bertellon, who both worked with Anton um, on Star Trek, and Anton obviously is, sadly isn't with us anymore. Um, 
how was that as a as a film to be be part of? Because it's dark and terrifying, but in a really realistic way. It's weird because it feels like a horror, even though there's no monsters or mm. no fictional monsters. Yeah. It's kind of more you realize it is for, for people who don't know. It's about kind of the skinhead Nazi type scene, and yeah, it's it's, it's terrifying. So yeah. how was that to? To get and be well, it's, it's, uh, it's you know it's in a similar vein to the director Jeremy Saulnier's first movie. It's here, you know, it's heroes, yeah, who don't have the skills of heroes, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. it's regular people stuck in a really really tra- big t- traumatic situations, yeah. and they don't know how to fire a gun and fight and do all these things. Um, they're just kids in a band. Yeah. And they're put into this environment. And I think what why people respond to it is because it's we're regular people. Yeah. We don't have these, you know, the, we don't fight like Bruce Lee and you know, the yeah. rest of it. Um, it so you sort of put, your, you, you yeah, put you put yourself into it. You put yeah. yourself into it because you're like, yeah. well, what, what would I do? Because I can't, you know, I, I, there's only so much I can do. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's the beauty of Blue Ruin and, and Green Room with, with Jeremy Saulnier. He he does that, and I remember getting that script, and it was the leanest script I'd read. It was right. so there was no there was no fat on it. Yeah. It was just you, what happened happened, everything happens, and it works. Yeah. And it was a quite short. The script wasn't that long, and it, it it just it just did the job. And I remember thinking, bloody hell, like you know this 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 is amazing. And it was actually to this day that the most special um, job I've worked on. Yeah, because. Um, we had to play in a band and Jeremy emailed us all bef- like I think two weeks before we were due to fly out to America um, and he said make sure you know these songs in your sleep and I'd played drums a tiny bit when I was younger but really had no no experience of yeah. it really <laughs> and, I, and I bricked it and I thought yeah. oh god here we go so I just uh, similar similar with the Thai boxing thing. I just booked lessons. You know, yeah. Same with Thai boxing. When I first got it, I just booked a load of lessons, kept the receipts, and yeah. hoped I could get some money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the same with that. I just booked lessons, and I found a studio in Brixton near, near where I lived, and and I just just drummed for like two weeks straight. And then I got out there, and they were like, "You, you drum before?" And I said, "No, nah, not really." It's the same with the Thai boxing. They were yeah. Like you Thai box before. No, not really. But I'd done three months training before. Yeah, yeah. So when just when, I, when it get down, to it, play it you play it down yeah. a bit. But but you do the prep. It's all about yeah. the prep. You just yeah. got to get on it. And oftentimes, you know, actors are waiting for a producer to kind of come through with a you know a protein shake and an Equinox card or a you know yeah. fifty drum lessons with yeah. the top coach. And a lot of time, you just have to do it yourself. And uh, at least at this stage, you have to do it yourself. And and you have to have self motivation. It's that extra mile. Yeah, that your acting coach was talking about. Yeah, before where it's like, yeah, it's that's what other people aren't doing. So that is what will set you apart. I remember talking to Riz Ahmed years ago. I've known Riz for years, and he was he was one of the early guests on the podcast. And he talked about he was like he did three gigs in a row where they barely touched on the original script. They changed yeah. all the dialogue, yet he still learned every line every time. And people were starting to get slack because they're like, if you're on a a shoot and every time you're doing it you're just changing it and improvising yeah. but he was like no I'm still gonna I'm gonna have that script nailed mm. and then if we don't I use it sweet but yeah. if at any point it needs to to click on or, or flick back to that yeah. I've done that extra work I'm not yeah. gonna get comfortable and go we've been doing this a week now we've not done any of the original <laughs> dialogue you know yeah. it's putting in that extra prep and those yeah. extra miles to 
I think so. But, to that level. but that particular job was special because you know it was my first time in America. A couple of the other actors, you know, first time out there, and and we they put us in a room and got us playing music a lot. And and Anton Yelchin was he was the only kind of musician. Yeah. He'd, he'd played a lot before. Yeah. Myself, Callum Turner, and Alia Shawcat hadn't hadn't really played, yeah. had any experience. And Anton would always be like, "This is getting the studio, man. Let's fucking rock out. Let's go." And we and we just. And so I, I, you know, we were in Portland, Oregon. Every morning, I'd wake up and hit the studio, and like me and Anton Alia and then Callum turned up, and and we'd just play and mess about, and like I, I learned to be able to drum because yeah. you know, and Anton like, dude, yeah, you can drum, man, and then and then like, and then like we used to mess about, and then I'd get up and rap, and then Callum would drum, and 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 we, you know, we were passionate, but you know, it was Anton definitely drove that and his yeah. his passion and and his um i mean he's a special he was a special special guy yeah. um he really was and he would have gone on to direct yeah. and he would have gone on to write he had so much more to more to give yeah, yeah he wasn't just an actor that guy yeah. was like so inquisitive and so um emotionally kind of um in touch with with people and cared so yeah. much we just became a really close group of friends, us, us, yeah. us for the band and, and Imogen and, and, and the actors yeah. and, and the crew and the, the director and the producers. We, we, it was like a family. And the difference it can make having someone like that on set who is the positive, hype, exciting drive of everything. So it's not going, oh, we need to, we need to go to the studio. <laughs> we need to put some extra hours. Being like, Yes, yeah. this is amazing. It was just fun. It. it was just so, it, it was just so, it being work, right? Yeah, it was just it was just so fun, and, I, and I'll I'll never forget. That. I think to probably that'll be like the best experience I've I've, I've had for all those reasons. And then, amazing. I mean, when when that happened, obviously it was a real shock and yeah. very. I mean, yeah, fucking. I don't even want to talk about it. Yes, yeah. but yeah, yeah no, it's no, like no, it was no. just like. Yeah, it was. Um, no, I'll, I'll, we will look back on that yeah. job with with real fondness yeah, yeah. and then the film turned out good as well yeah <laughs> great how, how was it kind of you've, you've, you've formed your group it's all it's all good fun and then then Patrick Stewart turns up as the most terrifying man in the world when, when we all know Patrick Stewart is just adorable and lovely and warm yeah. and in that he just turns it on with yeah. darkness doesn't yeah, he yeah he was, he, was, he was frightening yeah he was frightening um I just added it. It just added a whole another yeah. layer to to the kind of the experience, and it was, um, yeah, it was it, it was it was amazing. So, I remember I remember the, I remember we did a gig in Oregon as well in front of three hundred people. At the oh, end, really? you know, and this is something that I would never have done. You know, yeah, I'd, I would. I would never have done it out of choice. And it was Anton who was like, come on, man, we'll do a gig. Like, we'll get the, you know, at the end of the shoot, we'll do a gig. And I was like, kind of like, you serious? But like, do you actually want to do a gig? He's like, yeah. come on, we, we know the song. So you it, it makes sense. You know, it, yeah, and, it, and, it, and he basically, yeah, and, and, I, and I used to, I remember like, I used to get up and rap, yeah, and I used to do this song, which is like, that I kind of like messed around, wrote like, yeah. a couple of years ago, you know, a few years ago, just about Kingston. Yeah. And um, and about my hometown, and it's like kind of silly. And I remember like we used to freestyle all the time. And I get up and say, "Man, he goes, he's like Joe, you gotta sing the Kingston song at the the rap the rap at the rap party, and you know whatever." And I was like, "I was like, mate, no, 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 I'm not." I was like, "I'll just play the drums. I know the yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, the yeah. fills. I yeah. can play the drums." He's like, "No, at the end, do the Kingston song." And his his passion and kind of I would have never done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, and he was like, <laughs> we just used to laugh, and he was like, you know, messing around, like, ended up doing this, you know, Kingston song, Callum went on the drums, and and it was like, it, it, you know, it was just, it was just special, and it yeah. was, and he was a special guy, and it was, a, it was a special experience all round. Yeah, doing a song about Kingston all the way out in Portland, Oregon, just, right? just yeah. madness, right? Top off, sunglasses places. on. I love it. Well, we'll wrap. Th- Things up there. You're on on social media, um, yeah. on Instagram and, and Twitter and everything. If people want to the other Joe Cole, the other Joe Cole, yeah, appropriately. <laughs> um, what's ahead? Have you got plans to do any writing or directing of, of yourself? Because yeah. you kind of touched upon that at the start. That that's where you kind of started to motivate yourself. But then when things take off, that yeah. can be yeah. yeah I start. I mean, I um, I wrote a um, I wrote a television show when I when I first started out. Yeah. It was it was out of the um. The, the want to kind of I was like oh, am I just going to do Bill and Holby City and stuff how do I get yeah. to that next level off yeah. my own back because otherwise you're just hoping for a phone call so I wrote this so, show and without you know going into too much detail I, was, um, I set up a company with Matt Lucas to make yeah. the show and we went through various hurdles and things like that I was getting commissioned by different channels but then like one reason or another we never got it made yeah. but I did have a real you know I had an energy and, and, and Matt really responded to my show and so did a lot of people um, and it's only this last year, post Prayer for Dawn, because I think subconsciously I was looking for a role like that, and that yeah. was my focus. It's like I need to find something like that, and I kind of feel like I can get it because I've done Offender and I've done these roles yeah. that give me that thing and slap and short film. Yeah. And now I've done that. I, I, I had a I had a moment. Where I was like, okay, now what do I want to do? What do I really want to do? And it's and it's it's the writing. So yeah. I'm yeah, I'm I'm writing two scripts at the moment. We'll see what happens, but um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it and I feel like I've, yeah I've got the energy to really want to do it and I, and I and I spend most of my time doing it now so who knows perfect I look I look forward to all that's ahead I'll let <laughs> you, you get out and enjoy the sun a bit now thank you very much for your time man. thank you nice to meet you and you There we go. That was that was a beautiful one, man. And it was tough at the end there because we touched on, you know, a, a, a sad loss, a death. And I didn't want to push that. But equally, I didn't want to just stare off of it. Um, when I had, had Sophia Batella on, we talked about Anton Yelchin, who she shared the screen with in, uh, in Star Trek. Um, or, or who she knew on Star Trek and things like that. Um, I think on I when I had Simon Pegg on as well, uh, we chatted about Anton. And yeah, it's it's always a sad subject, but Joe seemed open to talking about it to an extent. And as soon as he it looked like he was uncomfortable, I switched off of that obviously, and um, and yeah, and jumped off. But yeah, amazing one. I I really enjoyed that. And speaking of Simon Pegg, next week I will be speaking to Simon Pegg. It's going to be a great one, I promise you. I've already recorded it. It's cracking. Who else have I got coming up? Let me have a look at my list. Hang on. So this week is Joe Cole. Next week is Simon Pegg. Oh, actually, on Friday, I've got a bonus one. Oh, I almost forgot to mention that. On Friday, I'm having Stuart Whiffin on. Now, he's been on as part of the Drunk Cast in the past. He's been on numerous ones. I've been on his podcast. He's never been on on his own. 
and I'm going to have a good old chat to him and, and, let, and let you you get to know him a bit better. We've got Dan Skinner slash Angelos Epithemiu coming up. We've got Chido Gonzalez coming up. Uh, I recorded th- this very w- week with Tony Law. Um, it's a really good one. Gr- gr- great comedian and great guy. We've got hopefully Example coming up. Andy Ellis and Tommy Turgus. A load of good people. A load of good people on the way. So keep tuning in. Subscribe. All that good stuff. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you for coming, guys. See you soon. Bye.